Well, it seems like it's been forever since the Seahawks have played in front of the 12s, but the 2018 home opener is finally coming up this Sunday when the Dallas Cowboys come to town. And Pete Carroll, the coach of the Seattle Seahawks, joins us on this Friday. Hey, Coach, always great to talk to you. Yes, it is good to be coming home, Dory. We're fired up about that. Yeah, I can imagine. And starting on the road, I know that uh, you know the record is certainly not what you had hoped after two weeks, but, man, you guys were in both games. Yeah, we certainly were and had a chance to win, and we felt like and, and uh, really matched up good enough to do that, and we just, just didn't quite get it done. We got behind uh, the other night, and, and we're playing from behind the whole time, and that's unfortunate because we, we really could have won a game. And, and so uh, we know we're close, and we know we're, we're just about there. we got some things that we got to iron out. And uh, let's do it in front of the 12s, and let's get cranking. There you go. You guys were 0-2 with a pair of road games to start in 2015. And you came back that year, made the playoffs, won a playoff game. Can you even think back those three years to what any similarities and what the big differences are between a team like that and this year's? Well, no, I think it's it's similar. You know, it, it is, it's always hard to, to – it's harder at times to get started on the road and, and – you know, when you go to the Denver thing, we knew it was really difficult. And then the next one, you know, Chicago Monday night, that should have not been a, a big deal for us, which we played we played with the right attitude and personality and stuff like we want to in a big, those big stage games. But uh, we just didn't play clean enough. But there, there's, there is similarities, you know, because you have to keep hanging and you got to keep believing and, until you start making, it, uh, making the turn and making the change. And, and uh, th- this is such a good group of guys with attitude-wise. I can't imagine that we're not going to hang in here and get this thing rolling. Do do you have harbingers of getting things rolling? I mean, have you seen over the years, you know, in all of your coaching career, signs of a team that is on the brink? And what what are those commonalities? Yeah, there, there's kind of a, um, um, a lack of acknowledgement of the, of the situation because guys are just looking forward to the good stuff happening. And this is a, a young group that really seems to be like that. You know, they're they're not letting anything bother them. Um, they, yeah, they're disappointed and they want to get the wins, surely. But uh, the way we work and the way we like the week we've put together this week again in preparation for this game, uh, you would not know that these guys are, are you know aren't aren't really on top of stuff and really ready for something great to happen. They, they really have the right mentality. So I think we're going. That's why I, I'm so encouraged uh, and, and and looking forward to seeing this thing turn so we can get rolling and get get on a good roll and, and see how far we can take it. You and I talked all last season about getting the running game going. You talked about it all summer. I know it's not where you want it to be. So so what's usually the cause when one unit of the team, one element, isn't meeting your expectations going in? Well, it's it's – it's one. If you look at it during the show, the guys aren't blocking well enough, and that's why we're not running. That, that that's not what's going on. We're really, it's that's that would be a mistake to see it that way. Uh, it, it's it's come down to our inability to convert on third down. We were two of twelve the first week, and and that, that you just don't have enough first downs to to take charge of the game and mix the way you want to. And I've said that to you guys before, but, yep. but that's just the facts. Yeah. And when the other night we were, I think we were two of eight or something in the first half, you know, and that's just not good enough to get a feel for it. We came out after that, we were, you know, we moved the football and we were up and down the field and a lot of things happened really mostly in the fourth quarter. Um, but you have to convert and you got to keep moving the sticks and you got to get those first and 
hands uh, so that you can mix the game the way you want to. You know, and we I think we ran it 19 times the other night, and and uh, I wish we'd run it that many times in the first half. You know, so right. we're gonna we have to make our third third downs, and and that's um, that's really the call and the focus, and and we know that we'll we'll, we'll have a chance to move the ball on the ground uh, once we get our opportunities. Okay, well, you know that I always like to kind of extract some learning things out of our conversations and you talked after the game very candidly about the whole Chris Carson thing because you know there's all this speculation is he hurt is he in the doghouse and on Monday you you told Brock and Salk you said I screwed up and and you just said you kind of misread the situation during the game is that kind of a fair assessment of it yeah, I, I, I missed, you know, I misunderstood why he looked tired to me. That's all. He just looked like he was worn out. And, and so I attributed that to that, that he, because he is part of special teams that maybe he got a couple extra plays and it just got to him and he just needed a little bit of a, of a blow. And, uh, and I, I, that just wasn't what happened. And I talked to him after, after, before the next day and, and, and I, you know, I said, were you tired? Were you worn? I said, no, not really. I, you know, and, but he just kind of had the look. And so I just misread the look is what it amounts to. And, and that was all that was. He never really officially came out of the game until the fourth quarter. You right. know, and, we, and we put Rashad in there to, to try to give us a spark and to see what would happen. Um, it, we just didn't run the ball at all in the third quarter. So you think he got – he missed it. But So it was really one series was all it was when uh, we played Rashad in the first half, and it was just – it was not a big deal at all. Yeah. It just I just misread what happened, and so I just did, owned up to it. Just show you guys that you know people can own up to their mistakes and, and be a good example for everybody. Okay, so let me try to extract a teaching point out of this now. So in the games, what kind of inputs do you get? And you know, I think back to when I was coaching. I would have, I'd be so focused and I'd get lost in my rotation, and I'd have assistants who would come up and tell me stuff. When I'm doing my radio show, there's breaking news and people are throwing papers in front of me, and I have to think on the fly how to integrate that into what I'm doing. What kind of inputs do you have? during the game that you need to integrate into all those decisions? Oh, Dory, there, there's, there's so many things going on. I can uh, imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, um, it depends what's, what side of the ball we're on. You know, I click back and forth. I'm on offense and on defense and on the headsets to follow the, the flow of the game. Um, but there's, there's uh, input coming from all angles. It depends, you know, I'll bounce around to guys, on the sidelines to, and the guys upstairs, I'm, I'm asking for D and D tendencies and what happened on first and tens, you know, uh, the, the start of series and then uh, in this personnel and I'll get a number that, to go by. Then I'll, I'll make sure that Kenny knows what's going on in that one. So that if he needs to use it, you know, and, and to, uh, to adjust a call, or we're talking about second and the longs, um, we're asking about personnel. How do we, you know, how are we holding up against this matchup? And I mean, there's just so many things happening and that's just one on one side of the ball. Well, then it flips, you know, and then you have the, opportunity between the series there's a moment in there where you can talk about what just happened and what are we going to do as we move forward and then bang the next series starts and here we go on the other one and then there's special teams right you know? yeah so it's uh it's it's really it's it would sound like absolutely chaotic to, to somebody who doesn't know because of the language and the terminology and the nomenclature and all of that but uh, to me it feels very normal to have a million things going on and and uh and playing in the midst of all of that, and it's it's to me what's fun about it, and it's what's challenging about it is to to make sense of the information and, and where you could go and what you could do and how you could adjust and what, what you could tweak or who you could insert into a game or whatever. And, and 
that's a, it's a really it's a magnificent array of things that are going on um, to deal with. But it's so I've done it for so long; it's so, so normal, you know. And so there are coaches that don't like input during the game. They they you know they need solitude and they want it quiet. And they don't want to hear anybody speak. And and I'm not like that. I like as much much input as, as people can put into it, and then I'll extract the stuff of the essence that I need and and uh, and work through it. So. So you can kind of coordinate the the chaos and, and then cuz I'm guessing that it gets even more and more challenging with each evolving year because the amount of data and inputs that are available now compared to you know 5 or 10 years ago it, it's just mind blowing how exponentially greater the data set is. Well, yeah, you could think that but there's there's really it's not it hasn't changed as much as you would think. We're, we're more accurate. We're quicker with, with uh, you know, compiling and, and making sense of the information. But there's not that much new information because it's first and ten, or is there a second and six, or a second and three? You know, I mean, and, and then what personnel's in the game that, that dictates a lot what's going on. So there's a lot of game plans within the game plans. You know, like there's game plans for different personnel that they have. And let's just say we're looking at defense and they have a fullback and a back in the game. There's a whole game plan right there that that they'll have and will have for that situation. They take that fullback out and put another tight end in the game, then there's a whole other game plan for that for that personnel in, in those situations that's unique to it. And so we have to be able to compartmentalize and, and click in and out of it. But that's no different than it's been for years. That, that's, that's really the same in that regard. Um, you know, having the, the, the uh, you know, the, the Microsoft equipment on the sidelines, you know, now that, yeah. that's, that's changed things somewhat for the guys, but um, it's just clearer, better, you know, easier to access information, but it really gets to the same thing for the most part. That was really good, Pete. I learned stuff there. I like that. That was, that was excellent. Okay, all right. Okay, uh, what are situation that, uh, you know, since you and I talked a week ago, uh, you signed Michael Kendrick, Kendricks. What, what a game he had. You know, I'm, I'm thinking, man, if you had him with Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright in there, that's a, that's a pretty good linebacker trio. There's no question. Michael is a real legitimate starting football player in the league, and, and uh, he's physical. He's really fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and he's very instinctive, and he's and he's had great experiences too. So that, that we can, you know, you can draw from him when you play with him, and then when you coach him, you know, he has information and he sees things, and you can expect him to adjust well, and, and which he did. I mean, to, to play in a game in three days is crazy. That's crazy. Coming to a brand new program, and three four days later you're playing football on Monday night. That's a lot to even. You know, you think my job is hard. That's hard, you know. But he pulled it off and did a very good job, and and was had an impact in the game too, you know. And and uh, so, um, yeah, he's, it's going to be interesting to see how this turns out. You know, when when KJ's back, Bobby's back this week, and KJ has a chance to make it back next week, and yep. we'll see what happens. But uh, in the meantime, we're we're very fortunate to have him join our team, and and uh, we're going to see him through. You know, his his concerns and issues that he's got to deal with and and try to help him through it as much as possible and see what what it all means when the when all the information comes down yeah and everybody knows you know what you just referenced he's facing sentencing for insider trading and what i was curious about is you are you you care about football you got to win games but you also have such a sense of pr and public perception and all of that and uh, that's an interesting challenge when you have an un- – I've never heard of anything like this in the NFL for a white-collar type crime. And you have to weigh – when you're deciding if you're going to bring them aboard, you got to weigh the football and the off-field stuff. And I imagine that was a unique situation for you a week ago. Yeah, this was very – this is a once-in-a-career you know, once kind of situation for – for us and for him and you know for the organization and all of that. So we John did a great job. John Snyder did a great job of you know doing all the background checks and all the history and, and follow through and try to you know get really clear and then. 
try to learn as much as we could about Michael too and where he's coming from. And you know, this is a situation that happened four and a half years ago. You know, yeah. so it's, it's an yeah. old story, and, and he has done everything he could uh, by you know owning up to it and paying back the money and whatever else you know and and all of that, uh, as well as you know take the hit you know through the process. And he still doesn't have the final uh, you know kind of. Uh, judgment on what's going to happen yet. We'll figure that out in time. I don't think he has a hearing until late January. Right. And uh, so we'll, we'll see what, what, how, what that all means. But he's, he's, a, he's a really good kid that, that wants to do right and wants to help out. And, and uh, uh, matter of fact, he'll meet with, with our rookies um, uh, this weekend and, and talk them through his situation, what happened, to share his experience and to make sure that it doesn't happen to another guy. He's really got a, a sense that he would he's willing to be in the middle of of helping train other people to avoid the same, you know, kind of misfortune. He got misled by somebody and and uh, made a mistake, and, and that's that's what caused this, you know. So yeah. yep. um, he's going to help others avoid that from happening. So he's got a really good heart about it, and and uh, we'll, we'll we'll see him through it. Okay, back to the on-field stuff. Uh, there was, uh, did I hear you hint a little bit midweek this week that uh, the up tempo, the the stuff that. You know, when things seem to be getting in a better rhythm for you against the Bears, that that's something you might do a little more of going forward? Yeah, we we have thought about that for years, and we've always been in and out of it. Russell's been extremely uh, successful when, when we when we go fast. And, and uh, it's not just, it's not no huddle stuff as much as it's just tempo. You know, it's just really trying to keep the tempo on the field and, and, and maintain as much as possible. So there's there's times to be in and out of it, and, and uh, you know, we'd like to keep growing. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer and, and Russ spent – you know, an off season working on the terminology and the language and, and, and all of that to make sure that we were capable of, of utilizing, you know, a, a better tempo, faster tempo. And so uh, that would just become part, it's continue to be part of the game as we grow together in this season. Okay. All right. So we got a home game finally in front of the 12s. I know you're counting on the fans to show up big. Tell me a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys and the challenges they present. Well, they've got a little bit of a new look about them. You know, they, uh, they're, the Cowboys are so, you know, exposed, and everybody knows who they are, and they, they get so much attention that you, you know a lot about their team. So it, it's still uh, Dak Prescott and and, uh, and Elliott. You know, they're, they're two big guns. But they there's some other guys that, that we've been watching for years. And, you know, Jason Witten's not there, and, and the big the big X receiver that they've had for years is not there. And so they, you know, it's a little bit different look for them. And uh, you see Dak Prescott, you know, getting the ball more and running more uh, right out of the shoots here this season. More designed runs for the quarterback. And he's capable. It's a you know it's a really good part of their offense as they're developing it. So we have some new issues with them as we play them. Um, defensively, they're they're like they've been. They play really fast and hard, and they got a nice group. And Rod Marinelli's always been a, a you know a good coach. Rashard's there now with them now. Chris is there helping them out too. So they've got a, a, a similar to, as they have been, but they're playing with a good template on their end of it. So it should be a really tough matchup for us, and and uh, but a good one. I think the fans are going to love this this matchup. Yeah, and I'm guessing you uh, you need the fans as much as ever for this one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. appreciate you bringing up. The, the, we're we're so much looking forward to playing in front of the twelves and getting them fired up by the way we play. We never expect them to fire us up. We got to fire them up, and then they give it all back to us. So uh, we're looking forward to that in in a great way. Our season will probably be dictated by how we play at home, and so. Yep. Uh, that's where this thing starts, and, and our guys know that, and, and uh, we'd love to get off on the right foot. All right, Sunday afternoon. By the way, belated happy birthday. You had a birthday since we last talked, didn't you? Jeez, uh, I can barely remember. I'm yeah. guessing you're not a big birthday guy. Is that an accurate read on my part? Yeah, you're kind of right about that. Okay, <laughs> okay, got it. All right, Pete, have a great game uh, in front of the home fans on Sunday, and I'll look forward to talking to you next week. 
All right, Dory. Great talk to you. See you later. All right. The head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, Pete Carroll. They take on the Cowboys in front of the 12th Sunday afternoon. You'll hear it right here on 97.3 Cairo FM. And we have lots more straight ahead here on the Dory Monson Show.